And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. This is your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad to have you here with me again this week on episode number 116. First of all, my apologies. It's been over a month since I was able to bring a podcast to you. This summer has just been so busy for me. I haven't been able to do podcasts like I would like. The last one we had was with Carissa Knox Sorrell, and uh, it was a great one about the Orthodox Church and her conversion to Orthodoxy, so I hope you've had a chance to listen to those. Maybe you've had a chance to catch up on some of the old Voices in My Head podcasts. We have some great shows. They're all found at rickleejames.com. You can click the podcast link there. Uh, If you can't find them on iTunes anymore, you'll be able to find every show there. That includes the shows going way back with Michael Carr, Jason Gray, Andrew Peterson, Andrew Greer, Brian Zond. We've had him on about three times. Um, Just other great episodes. I'm just kind of naming them off the top of my head. But uh, anyway, all that is to say we've had some great shows in the past and I think we have some great shows for you in the future. Now the next 10 episodes, yes that's right, 10 episodes are already recorded. Uh, They're going to be sermons that I did actually while I was in West Virginia last week at a camp meeting that was there. I was the main speaker for the teenagers that week and for uh, their what they call their contemporary service. And then one of the nights I was a main speaker for a huge gathering with everybody. It was uh, I think well over a thousand people that night. It was just a, a wonderful week. Really enjoyed myself. And dealt with a theme called questions from God. Each sermon deals with a different question from God. Or else uh, they're usually two-parters. So there was one in the morning, one in the evening. So there'll be sometimes the same questions that overlap. But being told and looked at in a little bit different way in different parts of the story. So I hope that you enjoy these sermons that are coming to you. Uh, Quick news uh, before I get started with this episode. I had the privilege very recently of speaking with Craig Adams. Uh, Craig Adams is a five-time Dove Award winner. He's a ten-time Dove Award nominee. Uh, He's an incredible producer. Uh, He is the head of artist relations at Lifeway Worship. Um, He's uh, just been a great friend to me, and uh, I've been, he's the one that I pitch songs to a lot. Well, we got talking, and Craig is interested in uh, in producing my next album. So, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about that and let you know we're going to need your help, because uh, it's going to be an independently released album, but we're going to do it professionally. Professionally, if we can get the funds raised. Uh, we're looking at somewhere around $25,000 that we're going to need to raise for this project using top musicians in the world, uh, some of the best studios. We're going to be uh, with some of the greatest engineers and Craig, who in my opinion is one of the genius producers of our time for albums. Uh, I'm so glad that he's willing uh, to work with me on this and I'm so excited about the prospect of this new worship hymns album and so 
if you'll watch the website rickleejames.com or my Twitter feed at rickleejames or even Facebook, which is facebook.com slash rickleejames, there's going to be lots more information coming your way. Still formulating some, some fundraising plans and things like that. Not sure if we're using Kickstarter this time like we did with the book, uh, but we're going to be using something. Uh, I think we might be using UFundMe, um, but you know what? I'll tell you more about that as the time comes, but I just want you to be praying about what you might be able to help with, and there's going to be some great rewards. Uh, things like actually bringing me to your church to do a concert would be a reward for some of you that are able to give. Uh, we want to actually get churches involved and praise teams and things like that, not just individuals. And we want to, to have like a package for churches where they can get bulk CDs and maybe even some songbooks along with it to use in their congregation because all these are going to be hymns, uh, whether it's old hymns that I've redone or original hymns that I've worked on so it's going to be the hymns album not quite sure what the name's going to be but letting you know it's coming uh, so with all that being said I've taken up nearly four and a half minutes of time talking about all this preliminary stuff so without any further hesitation uh, here's sermon number one from West Virginia where are you thanks for listening to voices in my head Alright, well, quickly, I'm going to put on my glasses because I suffer from old person's disease and I can't see quite as well my notes without my glasses. So, um, just call me Clark Kent when I have my glasses on and you won't be able to recognize me. I never quite understood that. He's one of my favorite heroes, Superman, but I never quite understood why nobody could recognize him. But anyway. Uh, if you have Twitter, by the way, I encourage you, Rick Lee James is my name on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, I want to encourage you to use it this week, not because I want you to be like playing on your phones during service, but I'd love to interact with you this week, and maybe you guys have some questions this week, and I'd love to uh, talk with you about that. Maybe you just want to hang out sometime and, and deal with some stuff that we're going to be talking about this week. Um, maybe pray, maybe a good way to interact with other people. I did one camp one time. And uh, we had a guy there named Chet, and so our hashtag for the week was, hello, Chet, and so that was all week long we did. We'll think of a good hashtag for the week. Do you guys have a good hashtag for this week? Think of it, and we'll come up with it for next service, okay? But we're going to deal with questions this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out, actually, by telling you about my first gig in West Virginia. See, I'm not usually a camp speaker. Usually I'm a worship leader, and I do concerts, and I travel around and do all kinds of stuff like that. I do some songwriting for Lifeway Worship. Um, I do a lot of recording and things like that. I run a podcast. I'm an author. I just had a book released on the Psalms not too long ago. Um, I'm going to teach a class at Trevecca Nazarene University coming this fall. So I'm kind of like jack of all trades and master of none. And uh, I, I'm really excited to get to speak this week because usually I'm the one doing all the guitar playing and, and the things that Carlos, and I'm almost nervous to get up or after Carlos because he's so good at what he does. He's really good. And then I found out that he lives in Ohio like an hour from me, so I'm going to make him buy me pizza sometime. Uh, so that's really awesome. You'll buy me pizza. Okay, I'll do that. Very good. But my first time uh, doing a gig in West Virginia was about six years ago. Um, I was almost halfway there, and the route I took actually took me through Pennsylvania. I was enjoying the beauty of God's creation. When two things happened, I needed gas, and I needed a restroom, both at the same time. It's amazing how you can get gas and get rid of it all at the same place, you know, when you pull into places, but uh, both needed to happen. 
So I saw a sign, and it was back, you know, back then, I mean, gas prices are like really high now, but we thought it was, you know, it was like a dollar less back then, and we still thought it was like through the roof, and I didn't have, I mean, I was, I was broke, like super broke, okay, this was like me just starting out in music, and um, I saw a sign that told me the gas station was ahead, and uh, when I pulled into that gas station, the price just seemed a little high for me. And on my GPS, which was which is a new GPS, and I'm still getting used to it, I, I did the POI thing, and I made it look for other gas stations, thinking, well, maybe if there's this one. And it told me there was another gas station one mile away. So I decided, you know what, I, I can wait to use the bathroom. I have just enough gas. I can probably make it a mile. So I started following my GPS. And I went about a mile, and it was one of those places that, like, you were just... They took me down all these curvy roads and turn right, turn left, turn right again, turn left again. And after that, like, mile, I didn't know where I was. And the GPS kept telling me, like, go straight, you know. And, and then it would keep recalculating, recalculating. And then it would send me someplace else. I thought, good grief, where is this gas station? I don't even know how to get back to the, where I, the one I was at um, because I didn't even see what the address was at that place. Long story short my gas gauge kept getting more empty and my bladder kept getting more full as I was driving. And it just got to be to the point like, I was so far out in the woods, it felt like I'd have to go toward town to hunt. But I, but I didn't know where town was, you know? I mean, it was just really, really far out. And I, questions began to fill my mind because I was really lost. The gas tank at this point was well under E. When I finally found, I actually didn't find where I said the gas station was. And where it said the gas station was with this field with about two cows in it and a busted up old barn. And I thought, this was never a gas station. Where am I? So questions began to fill my heart, began to fill my mind, began to fill my bladder. Where am I? How long, oh Lord? I've got to get out of here. I started having thoughts. How did I get here? Why didn't I just use the gas station that was provided for me, that was there in front of me? Now I'm completely lost because I wasn't satisfied with what I had. Now I needed something more. And the GPS promised there was going to be something more, but when I went out there, it wasn't there. When I finally found a house and civilization, I, I, I mean, there was, there was enough civilization that there was another car and there was no place around. So I stopped and I said, can you tell me where the gas station is? And they said, yeah, it's about a mile. And I was like, oh, great. So I, they sent me down the road. I found it. Here I went up the hill, and I'm waiting to cross the street because I see the gas station right there. My e, my e needle is like so far under. The light is just like blasting like a spotlight on me. It's so ready to just go. And there's like a hundred motorcycles that are crossing at the same time, and I can't get across the street. And, and I mean, the car is empty, and I'm not. And I just barely made it. I mean, just by that much. Thank God. I've been free at last. I was, I was, I was relieved for sure when I finally got there. But I had all these questions, and I, I felt myself to be truly lost, truly in a place where I didn't know where I was. And if I had just used what was provided for me, I would have been fine. Well, today, I promise I'm not going to do this every day, but I'm going to share a rather lengthy chunk of Scripture. I'm going to use Scripture every day, but not a chunk that's this big. And I gave them fits this morning because I gave them the Scripture, and there was so much they had to form out. I apologize. But I don't really know how to tell this story other than just use the Bible and let the Bible tell it in the best way. Because we're going to be dealing with questions this week. And we're going to be starting, you're, you may be wondering, 
why I'm going to be talking about questions, but there's actually questions that God asks us. And we have a lot of questions for God in our life. And like that song that I just sang, we have all these questions that we have for God, but God actually has a whole lot of questions for us as well in Scripture. So we're going to start reading today, and I think it's all on the screen. If it's not, you can just do something novel and old-fashioned and listen as I read today. But we're going to go right back to the beginning. This is right after the creation story. This is right after that beautiful poetry that's in Genesis that tells about how God came to the earth and gave it function and purpose and life. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, if you guys want to follow along, you're more than welcome to. I know some of you have mobile devices and stuff, and you like to use that. Or if you just want to use the screen, that's great too. But Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, starting with verse 4. It says, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In, that, in the day that the Lord God made earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise up from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. But literally when it says he breathed into him, it's the word ruach or spirit. He breathed breath, he breathed spirit into mankind. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put a man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Those two trees are very important. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. Now, we're going to deal with that later, probably in tonight's service more than this morning. But if you can remember those words, to till and to keep. He gave him the task to till and to keep. I'll explain those words later, but you try to keep them in the back of your mind today. The Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall die. So you can eat from any tree except this one, because that one's not good for eating. That one's just supposed to be beautiful, okay? Just look at that one. Enjoy it. Call it breathtaking, enjoy my creation, but don't eat from that. Then the Lord God said, I'm skipping to, to verse, or going to verse 18 now. Then the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Don't any of you do that right now, okay? No deep sleeping at this moment, all right? Then he took one of, the, one of his ribs and closed it up with the flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man... He made him to a woman, and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, which is the Hebrew word isha. It means female. Why? It's the female equivalent to a male. It's, the, it's almost the same word in Hebrew. For out of man this one was taken. 
Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. It's a very uh, pure, a very innocent naked. This is good naked. There's an old Seinfeld episode about good naked, bad naked. This is good naked at this point, okay? This is the good naked. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, now the serpent's very important. It's very crafty. That means very deceitful, okay? He said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat of any of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her. By the way, they were both there together, okay? Women get a bad rap sometimes. Like, if only you hadn't eaten it. It says very clearly in the scripture, the man was with her, okay? It wasn't like she did it and he followed after. It was just, she just took the first bite, but he was on his way, okay? So, he was there sharing their delicious treat of poison food. So, um, when the, anyway, where I, I lost my place. The man who was with her, and he ate. Then both of their eyes were opened. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the tree of the garden. This is the first time in history that man hid themselves from God. Didn't want to be found by God because they were afraid. But the Lord God called to the man. Here we are with God's question, okay? And he said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? They ate from the tree, and they immediately went from good naked to bad naked. Suddenly they were ashamed. And suddenly we lost our battery power. Kind of amazing how it happened right at that moment when I went from good to bad. That's interesting. Good battery, bad battery, all at the same time. Um, back to my notes here. Who told you you were naked? Another question from God. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, starts blaming her. Uh, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Another question from God. The woman said, uh, the serpent tricked me. I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbirth. In pain you shall bring forth children. Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. 
In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, Kavah in Hebrew, and it means to breathe, or it means life, or it also means the first, because she was the mother of all who lived. And the Lord God made garments of skin for the man and for his wife, and he clothed them because they were bad naked now. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man. And the east of the garden of Eden he placed at the cherubim, and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way of the tree of life. Okay, I promise that's the biggest chunk of scripture I'm going to read this week. I promise. But it's such a good story, I didn't know how to tell it without just reading it to you. So this week I'm going to be dealing with questions. The Bible, contrary to popular belief, is not an answer book. How many of you have been told the Bible is an answer? If you got questions, go to the Bible, you get the answer. It's not an answer book in the sense that we would take an answer book like you would take a math book and you find a key in the back of the master book that the teacher has and you'll find all the answers there. The Bible often answers questions by asking questions because the Bible wants you to seek out answers. The Bible doesn't just want to give you the answer. God, when he's talking, seems to ask questions to drive us to the answer ourselves. Jesus is notorious for when someone asks him a question, he turns it around and asks them a question back, and he makes them search in their hearts. So the Bible often helps us find answers by helping us ask good questions. The Bible prods us onto a journey to find answers. It doesn't just give us the answers. We're going to have to do some work to find it. But as human beings, we ask all these questions. That song I sang earlier, it was full of questions. You're asking questions right now. How long is this guy going to speak? I want to go eat some food. I want to take a nap. You might be asking those things. How and when did this world first begin, you might ask? What material and substance was the first human made from? Was he really made out of dirt, like it said? Is it literal? Is it figurative? When will the world end? Why do people have to die? Why do some people seem to have nothing but good luck while everybody else seems to have nothing but bad luck? Why do some people suffer and other people have such lives of tragedy and other people just seem to have everything going their way? Is there a God? What does he look like? Is God active in the world? If there is a God, does it make any difference for me? Does God care about me? Can he really perform miracles? If Jesus can heal, then why all the cancer in the world? Does it do any good for me to pray? We could just go on probably all week with questions that we have for God. But I think some of the most interesting questions are questions God has for us. So that's what we're going to be looking at this week. There are a lot of questions in Scripture. And we wouldn't be able to address them all this week unless we had like a hundred sessions or more. So I promise you I'm not going to deal with all hundreds of them that are in the scripture. But I'm going to start with this very first question that God asks in scripture. And I'm going to ask it to you today as we start. And I want you this week, it may take you the whole week, it may take you a month, 
It might take you a while to answer this question, but this is the question God gave. Where are you? It's in Genesis 3.9. It can be a very simple and a very complex question. I believe God is asking every one of us that are here this week. If you're here this week, hopefully you have come to grow, and hopefully you've come to grow closer to God. So listen to the question as though God is asking you, just as he did Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you geographically? Start there. Okay, I'm in West Virginia, this beautiful campground. Where are you physically? How's your health? Where are you emotionally? How are you, where are you in your relationships with other people, with your family, with the people sitting next to you? Do you even know the people next to you? We need to remedy that if you don't. We need to all get to know each other this week. Where are you in your relationships with your family? Where are you in your dating relationships? And are those godly relationships? Where are you in your education? Where are you in your, your interests in life? Are you, are you like me? Do you like comic books? Do you like video games? I mean, what, what's your interest? Where do you find things in life? Are you out in the open with God? Or are you hiding like Adam and Eve? Are you right now hoping that someone will make a distraction so that you don't have to hear this anymore? Because you don't want to think about where you are with God. But I believe he's asking us this week, where are you? I can't give you the answer to that. You know what? Really, the Bible can't give you the answer to that. The Bible asks you the question. And it sends you on a journey, and you're going to have to make that journey this week or not. Where are you with God? That's our focus today. That's what I want you to be thinking about. And so when I ask that question, I also want to ask this, what's your picture of God? I think everybody in here is going to have a different picture of God. Shout out a few things. Dare I ask for audience participation this morning. What is God like? Just shout out some one-word answer. What's God like? Skinny. What was it? Skinny. He's skinny? All right. God's skinny. Well, okay. Tall. God is tall, okay. What else is God like? Creator. He's creator. Strong. Strong. Best friend ever. Best friend ever, all right. What else? <laughs> Loving. That's a very important one. Yes. All right. Well, here's the thing. As Christians, we believe we know what God looks like because we see him in Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of different things that we have to say about who God is and what it means for us to be like God. But as Christians, we believe this. If your image of who God is doesn't look like Jesus, then it's the wrong image. Because we believe Jesus is one and the same. We believe Jesus is like God. We believe Jesus is God. We believe Jesus is what God has to say to humankind. We believe Jesus is the one that will show us our answers about God. So if you picture God as a monster, then you're not picturing God as Jesus. I don't know what, you know, the Bible doesn't really say if Jesus was skinny. I don't know, maybe God's skinny. Who knows, you know. But we do know some essential things about God. If you see God as nothing but a judge and a harsh judge and a harsh person to approach, then you don't know Jesus. Then you don't know the God that Jesus shows do you see God as a healer? Do you see God as an avenger of wrongs? 
Or do you see God as a peacemaker? Do you see him as a God of war who's going to thunder down vengeance on the enemy? Is God a sheep? Where are you with God? It's questions we're going to ask this week. Where am I? What about my sin? If God's asking every person in this room today, where are you? You're going to have to answer that question. God knew where Adam and Eve were. He asked them so that they would know where they were. When he comes in the garden, I don't believe for a second that God had, you know, God's like, where are they? You know, we believe he sees all. But God had to ask them because they needed to know where they were. And I think God is asking us this week, and I, I've got to tell you, as I prepared these messages, these are all new for me this week. And God had to preach these to me first. And he had to ask me, Rick, where are you? It's unfair to you at it's unfair for you to ask people questions that you're not willing to search your own heart and ask yourself. It will be impossible for us to do that this week unless we're able to somehow remove the distractions. But that's what I hope we'll be able to do is just allow ourselves to, to be found in God. We want to hear what Jesus is telling us about where we are this week. Anybody else but me want that this week? We want Jesus to tell us where we are. Can we do a show of hands? Is that all right? Hopefully. Good. More than half, I think. Good. That's a good start for us this week. So we can even ask the question, what can we do to remove distractions this week? What can we do to remove things out of the way that are going to keep us from hearing God's voice? When he asks us questions like, where are you? What can we do to remove distractions that's also something that you have to answer for yourself. Do I need to, you know, I said use Twitter, and that's great, but use it after service, you know? Maybe you can put your phone away in service and, and listen more. Maybe you can worship more. Maybe you can give more of yourself in worship. The Psalms tell us that Thanksgiving is the gate that opens wide that allows us access to God. So if you come in Thanksgiving to God, maybe God's going to help show you where you are this week. Well, the creeds are a good map of where we are and who we are as Christians. You guys ever heard, just by a show of hands, I know I'm asking for all this participation and you're sleepy, but have you guys ever heard of creeds before, just by a raise of hand? Yes, I have heard of creeds. Okay, at least three people. All right, good. Well, we're going we're gonna to have a good week with the creeds then this week. One of the most amazing creeds in Christendom. By the way, the creeds are sort of a map of where we are as Christians. The creeds tell us about who our beliefs are. So today we're going to end, and we're going to do this every day. Sometimes it'll be at the beginning of service, sometimes it'll be at the end. We're going to go through our, a creed together. And I'm going to use the same creed. This is my favorite creed in all of Christianity. Creeds are very helpful to us as Christians because they say what we as Christians believe. Um, if I was to come up to you someday and go, hey, what do you believe about God? You don't have to go, oh, well, I don't know, he's tall, he's, uh, you know, things like that. You can go up to, sorry, I keep saying tall, that was like the best answer I've ever, you know, that's the most unique answer, I don't know if it's the best, but it's a good answer. But you don't have to, like, rummage around and think, oh, I don't, I don't know what God's like. The creeds help us to know. So we're going to be reciting them this week. So I'm going to have it then put up on the screen. This is called the Maasai Creed. Anybody ever heard of the Maasai people in Africa? I got to spend some time in Africa for a couple weeks a few years ago. And there's this tribe of people called the Maasai people. They're really awesome people. They're actually known for being warrior people and like kind of the toughest of the tough in that region. And they do all kinds of 
uh, neat artwork. They do a lot of farming in the area. And there is a Christian branch of the Maasai people. And they wrote a creed. It's very similar to like the Apostles' Creed, but I love how the Maasai Creed says it because they put things like jackals into their creed, you know, which because it, I got to see some jackals like face to face in a place. Thankfully, there was a wall between us, but jackals are scary things and hyenas and things like that. And um, they are like terrifying things. So they put stuff like that into the language. But this is going to be how we're going to sometimes open, sometimes we're going to close, sometimes we maybe even will do this in the middle of our service. But sometimes in churches we will recite things together because this is what we believe. Creeds were meant to be something done communally together, all of us together, taking part, not just the guy on the platform. And by the way, I believe that God is doing something in our midst, always. And it's not always the thing that the guy on the platform is doing, okay? So sometimes in the midst of these services, I want you to be open when God's asking you these questions about where are you. I want you to be open enough to even respond to God because sometimes God's doing it right there. If you need to spend time in an altar or just whatever, get somebody to pray with you. God's not always doing his main thing on the platform, okay? So I don't want you to think for a second that I think what I'm saying is the only thing God's doing here this week. But we're going to try to recite this. It's going to get easier as we go along, okay? You guys ready to recite some things with me this morning? This is how we're going to close our message today. I just want you to be thinking as we go into this day, into this week, and tonight's service, where are you? Where are you with God? Well, as Christians, as people who believe Jesus is Lord, this is where we are. This is what we believe. So let's recite it together. This means, why don't we all stand together? You guys have been sitting for a while. If you can still see the screen... Here we go. We believe in the one high God who out of love created the beautiful world and everything good in it. He created man and wanted man to be happy in the world. God loves the world and every nation and tribe on the earth. We have known this high God in darkness and now we know him in the light. God promised in the book of his word, the Bible, that he would save the world and all the nations and tribes. We believe that God made good his promise by sending his son, Jesus Christ, a man in the flesh, a Jew by tribe, born poor in a little village, who left his home and was always on safari doing good, curing people by the power of God, teaching about God and man, Showing the meaning of religion is love. He was rejected by his people, tortured and nailed hands and feet to a cross and died. He lay buried in the grave, but the hyenas did not touch him. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. He ascended to the skies. He is the Lord. We believe that all our sins are forgiven through him. All who have faith in him must be sorry for their sins, be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, live the rules of love, and share the bread together in love to announce the good news to others until Jesus comes again. We are waiting for him. He is alive. He lives. This we believe. Amen. All right, let's pray together. Lord, today... 
This we believe. We are waiting for you. We believe you are alive. We believe you are here in this place. We believe you are working. Lord, beyond the words even I have said this morning, I pray that you will help us to seek out answers to your questions for your people. Help us to see where we are this week. Open our hearts right now as we leave this place, as we go about activities of the day, as we share meals together with friends around the table like you shared so many meals together with your friends and even with your enemies, Lord. Show us where we are with you. Show us where we are in our fellowship with each other. Show us where we are in our relationships. And Lord, as you show us where we are, if we are in a place we should not be, will you take us this week on a journey that will lead us to the light, that will lead us to the place where we can recite things like this creed with a full heart and full belief that you are here, that you will return one day for your people, that you are alive, and that you want your people to be glad in the joys of Jesus. We give you glory in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.